Thank you for joining us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center as we continue our Bible study tonight on the new you and the Holy Spirit. We're gonna we're almost done with this book. We're talking about the Holy Spirit again. <coughs> Excuse me again tonight. And uh, my name is Dave Everett. This is my wife Sherry. Uh, again, we're we're gonna be studying the new you and the Holy Spirit tonight. So. Um, all of our previous Bible studies are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And uh, you can view them all there. You can also support this ministry, and we appreciate for those of you who are doing so. Uh, once, Like I said, we're almost done with this Bible study. Once we're done, I think we might have tonight and one more week on this uh, based on the, on the volume that we still have left. And, but, but once we're done, we're going to be doing our new Bible study on Believer's Authority, also by Andrew Womack, the same author. <coughs> this is actually the first book I ha- I was introduced to uh, when I was introduced to Andrew Womack. So uh, we're going to get into that in, the, in another week or two. So anyway, so we're again, I, I, like I said, we're in the, uh, towards the end of this book, The New You and the Holy Spirit. And I'm trying to remember now where we are at. I usually rely on my wife for that. I think we're still on chapter 15. Yes. Um, Men and angels. I'm sorry, what's that? Men and angels. Men and, men and angels. Or men and angels. So, so the title of this chapter is interpretation. So we're, we're we're still talking about tongues. We're still talking about interpretation of tongues. And I'll be good. I'm actually going to be speaking on tongues this uh, the Sunday morning. Uh, the, ne- the next this next coming Sunday. Excuse me. I'm getting a little uh, afternoonitis here at the end of the workday. So bear with me. Uh, anyway, uh, this Sunday we're talking about tongues. We're talking. We have a on Sunday morning. We have a series right now talking about knowing the Holy Spirit, having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And right now I'm getting to the uh, the, the deep part of it as far as uh, tongues. And then I'll be talking about interpretation as well. Uh, so we'll be look, listening to Andrew Knight as he's talking about the Holy Spirit, and I have my own teaching on Sunday morning. Uh, we didn't necessarily plan that these two uh, teachings would go side by side, but that's just how it kind of uh, happened. And so uh, we're just going to go with the, how the Holy Spirit's leading us with these Bible studies and whatnot. So anyway, without further ado, uh, Sherry's going to read for us. She's going to narrate, and then we're going to talk about it. So we're talking about, if you have your books, if you're following with us, we're in, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. We're in chapter 15, under the first section heading called of Man and Angels. Tongues come in two different types, tongues of men and tongues of angels. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, 1 Corinthians 13.1, tongues of men are languages that either have been or are spoken on earth. When the disciples were first baptized in the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, they spoke in tongues of men, Acts 2, 4-12. This wasn't merely a supernatural acceleration of language learning, because the speakers themselves had no idea what they were saying. The disciples didn't study all of those different languages in the room while waiting for the promise. The Holy Spirit suddenly baptized them, and their tongues became a supernatural sign to the unbelievers with an earshot whose native language the disciples were speaking, 1 Corinthians 14.22. Tongues of angels are heavenly languages. Every spirit-baptized believer can pray in the tongues of angels. When you speak mysteries and the hidden wisdom of God, you are speaking in an angelic tongue. It doesn't matter if you speak in a tongue of men or an angelic tongue. You can ask God for the interpretation. Okay, so we're getting, you know, we're, we're picking up uh, mid, mid-chapter. mid Sometimes that's always confusing when we pick up a uh, lesson, especially this deep. Uh, talking about tongues and interpretation of tongues right in the middle of the thought, uh, you know, and and uh, me personally, it'll take me a little while to develop this for myself, and that's why I'm going to be teaching it this, this Sunday uh, in connection with the, the, our teaching series. You know, um, <clears throat> when and I understand too, let me just preface it this, the tongues part of the Holy Spirit is usually the part where people get hung up on the most. Uh, either they don't believe in it doctrinally, uh, for a number of reasons, some people think it's of the devil. Some people think it's not for us today. Uh, there's many teachings on that. I'll be dealing with some of those on Sunday. You know, and there's no scriptural reference for any of that. But and then there's there's just a 
there's a lot of it has to do with either ignorance, not understanding tongues, not understanding Holy Spirit, or uh, they just seen so much goofy out there, and so they're just they're just fear factor of not wanting to be goofy themselves and not wanting anything to do with that goofiness, you know. And uh, you know, tongue just sounds weird. How can you speak in tongues a language you don't know? And what's the benefit of talking that language that you don't even know what you're saying? You know, and you just sound. It, some people it just sounds childish. It just sounds goofy. Let me just say this: when you are born again, and this is kind of our teaching, spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit, man, is what's born again. Your body's not born again. You will get a new body someday if you're born again. Your soul's not born again, but your spirit is born again. And your spirit is when you speak when you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You begin to speak in tongues. Your spirit is speaking to God. You're not speaking to anyone else. You're not speaking to yourself. You're speaking to God, spirit, your spirit to Him, 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 who is a spirit. And so, you know, your spirit's a one brain. And so, you know, um, let me just, and we're talking about interpretation. You know, I've spoken in different countries. I've spoken in Mexico. I've spoken in the uh, Dominican Republic. I've spoken in Costa Rica. And I've even spoken some... Uh, American Spanish churches. I even uh, speak, spoke in some Chinese uh, areas as well. But I don't speak Chinese and I don't speak Spanish. I don't speak any other language but English. That's my native tongue. And anytime I go <coughs> and speak to them, uh, you know, I need an interpreter. I need someone to interpret the language. Uh, now, when we talk in tongues, and when we read the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, and I talked about Pentecost last Sunday morning, those who've been following with us. You know, the Bible says that, they, that these apostles, these were Galileans, they was, these were unlearned men. They only knew their native Jewish language, whether that would be <coughs> Greek or Aramaic, but at the time. And so, um, you know, they, they didn't know other languages. But uh, a lot of people were in the area at the time because of, as I've been talking about the last few weeks on our Sunday mornings, they were there for the Feast of Weeks. There's three major feasts in the Old Testament uh, throughout Jewish history. One of those Passover, the other one's uh, is a Feast of Tabernacles, which I believe has to do with Jesus' first coming as well as his second coming. And then uh, there's a Feast of Weeks, which is 50 days after um, 50 days after P Passover, which is also called Pentecost. Pentecost simply means 50. 50 days after Passover is the Feast of Weeks. And there's all three of these feasts that Israel celebrated. <coughs> it was required that all able-bodied males attend every year. And so there were people from all over the world who were uh, Jews uh, coming to... to uh, this Feast of Weeks in Jerusalem. And the, the the apostles were in the upper room, as Jesus had commanded them to be, in Luke chapter 24, as well as in uh, the beginning of Acts chapter 1. And they began to, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in other tongues. And all these other people who were in the area who came from other countries, and I don't have those all those countries memorized. You can read Acts chapter 2, uh, chapter, verses 4 to almost verse 16, and they'll list several, almost a dozen different languages that they heard these people, men speaking, not only in their language, but in some translations it brings out they spoke it even in their dialect. You know, here in America we have different dialects. A new, someone from New York speaks different than someone from North Carolina. Someone from North Carolina speaks different than someone in Texas. There's a dialect, and there's all kinds of dialects in our in, in this country, and other countries have different dialects as well. Spanish has their own dialects, and, and there's different parts of Latin America that have their dialects, and and so forth. My point I'm trying to get to is that you know when we speak in tongues, we are speaking from our spirit to God in a language we don't know, and. <clears throat> and if that's so, 
In order to understand what we're saying, we need an interpreter. And Paul talks, Paul spends one whole chapter in 1 Corinthians 14, and we're going to be dealing with a lot of these things this Sunday in 1 Corinthians 14. And he deals with a lot of this stuff because the Corinthian church, <coughs> they were speaking in tongues like there was no tomorrow. They, I mean, they, they just, it's like, they, they're like kids at a candy store. They just, they got this tongues and they were just speaking in tongues left and right. And there's nothing wrong with tongues. Paul didn't want to restrict them from speaking in tongues. He he says for, we shouldn't forbid anyone from speaking in tongues. At the same point in time, in the public and public see, well, I, I just I just said that speaking in tongues is between you and God. You're speaking to God. It's a private conversation between you and God, called your prayer language. You know, and and. Uh, and so, and Paul's saying, when you're talk, talking privately to God, you're not talking publicly to God in a prayer language. Because publicly, we need to speak in the, our native tongue so people can understand. My native tongue is English, but when I go to Mexico, I need an interpreter to speak in their native tongue, interpret what I'm saying so that people can hear. If the, in the public arena, people don't understand what you're saying. It's not going to be fruitful. Because even Paul says you don't even understand what you're saying. And I, I know a lot of people don't think this is just a bunch of gibberish. But God, there's so, God, when, God, Jesus, and His Word has spent a lot, there's a lot of scripture about speaking in tongues and, 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 and the powerfulness of it. I'm going to be going over some of those benefits this week, week uh, this Sunday. Uh, and I keep referring to this Sunday because I don't have time to teach all that right now. And so, um, and I don't have those notes, but there's, so there's still different kinds of tongues. There's a tongue that we're, when we're, when we're baptized the Holy Spirit that we have, that we, that we can have, that we can operate in, where we are praying to God. But there's another kind of tongue called the gift of tongues where God is speaking to us in a tongue and we need it, and he's speaking in another language and we need to interpret or interpret. Paul says that when we pray in tongues, whether it's private or public, we should pray for interpretation. If it's public, we should pray for interpretation so it's not just a bunch of chaos and people can be benefit what we're saying. You know, if people don't know what you're saying, it does, you might be praising God well, Paul says, you might be giving thanks well, but it's not going to benefit anybody because they have no clue what you just said. If God's speaking to us in a tongue, then we need interpretation so people can understand. If we're praying to God in our private prayer language, in our own prayer closet to God, we can still pray for interpretation. So even though we're the only ones in the conversation besides God, we can still pray for interpretation so we can know what we just said, told God. But you know another thing in Acts chapter 2, when, they, when all these different countries heard them speaking in their own prayer language, they heard them speaking one thing. They, they heard it in their own language, but they all heard them speak the wonderful works of God. It was always magnifying God. Let me just say another thing, and I'll bring this out Sunday. Paul says, how many of you love music? We all have different styles of music. There's different generations, different eras of music. You know, back in the day, people used the organ and the piano a lot. Today, we have all kinds of instruments. You know, I love the orchestra where there's a lot of different brass instruments and the strings and whatnot. But yeah, you know, if you ever seen a toddler just pound on the keys on the piano, they're playing that piano, but it is actually annoying if they're just pounding on the keys. I don't know how to play the piano. I've done it myself, and I'll go up and down the keyboard. You know, the keyboard, ivory keys, and I'm just making, I'm just making noise. Guitar. I know how to play the guitar a little bit. But, you know, if you're just strumming a guitar and you don't know how to organize those chords, you're just making noise. Same thing with a brass instrument. If you're just uh, blowing into the air. Yeah, I mean, back in grade school, I think we used one of the, I forget what they called it, but uh, no, I know it's not a bazooka. That's a gun. Uh, but there was some type of uh, 
Uh, I mean, we even have those at uh, uh, birthday parties where we, uh, I forget what they're called. I don't know if you can help me, Sherry. But anyway, or even a little, uh, uh, not just a flute, but uh, I can't even think of it. I don't even know these names. So, But anyway, you know, you can play some of these things, and it's just a, a bunch of noise. And Paul says, you know, uh, the same as with uh, these musical instruments. And I'm just paraphrasing what Paul's saying in First Corinthians 14. He says, if you don't play the, the, and I'm just paraphrasing this, if you don't play a musical instrument with the proper music to it, with the proper chords and music and whatnot, you're just making noise and you're just making noise in the air. Because if you're speaking in tongues on a platform, per se, as a pastor or a minister or just a person of the church, <coughs> But no one understands what you're saying. It's like playing the piano or any other music. And there's no chords, there's no music to it. It's just noise. But when you get a musician who knows how to play that instrument, make a nice melody, it's a sweet sounding, you know, you can communicate music. <coughs> Those who understand music, they can understand music. It's just beautiful. And if you play a tune, and you play the chords together, you you can just play a tune, and you can know that uh, what the tune is. I know when someone's playing the Happy Birthday song. <laughs> I know when someone's playing the Star Spangled Banner, uh, our national anthem. Uh, there's certain worship songs, I just know it by its tune. There used to be a game show out there, uh, named that tune, you know. You know, if I went to uh, on a platform in Mexico, and I just started speaking in English, but they didn't, and I actually texted someone today on some something we have on Facebook uh, uh, Marketplace, and they're like, I can't communicate in Spanish. Well, I can't communicate. To, you know, we can't have a conversation because because we don't understand each other's language. Without an interpreter, without a translation, it's just it's not going to go anywhere. So we're speaking spirit to spirit to God when we're speaking in tongues in our prayer language. But we need an interpretation if we understand whatever whatever's been said, especially in the public arena. I'm hoping I'm making sense. And those tongues that we speak, as Andrew's bringing out, they can be in a native tongue and someone else's tongue, a language we don't understand, like Spanish and Chinese and whatnot. The Bible gives a lot of other examples of languages I probably can't even pronounce. But people, Andrew's also bringing out another point. You can also speak in an angelic tongue where it's not even a native tongue as far as a, a national tongue. It's just a, a ton of angels, you know. And I don't know anyone who knows angel language. <laughs> so if we're going to need an interpretation, and that's going to be, that's why we also have the gift of interpretation, because sometimes some of these languages are not known. They're, in a, they're not known. They're not in a dialect. You know, we've, I've watched so many cop shows, and sometimes they need an interpreter to, to be in the the, 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 the Integration, uh, uh, when they're uh, questioning oh, somebody. In Interrogation. Sorry, I, I knew I had I was on the right track. You know, but sometimes it's not only in a different language, but sometimes it's in a different dialect of that language. And that can also be confusing. You know, I have a hard, because of my hearing impairment, I have a hard time with people with an accent. I have a hard time with people who have facial hair. You guys, <laughs> you know, mustache, beard. I have uh, certain tones I have a hard time understanding. I, I usually do pretty good with the female voice because I had a mom growing up. I have a wife now, and uh, their, their, their tones are something I'm, I'm pretty accustomed to, and I, I, I do very well with. Uh, guys just have a, a different tone sometimes. Uh, but if you give me a, you give me an accent in there, uh, I used to have a hard time listening to Joseph Prince for years because he has a heavy accent. But I, I, I started listening to him. I, I actually do pretty good with him, even though still I struggle, but other people struggle too. You know, I have I have a hard time hearing someone with a strong English accent understanding what they're saying. They're speaking the same language, but they're a totally different dialect uh, that that is just very hard to understand. And sometimes I need an interpreter. Sometimes I need someone to interpret what I'm saying. I don't even know what I'm trying to say sometimes. You know. And so anyway, anything you want to add, Sherry? No, I, I think, you know, I, I don't want uh, anyone to be confused over that because, like Dave said, we started um, kind of mid-thought uh, since we had started last week in, in Chapter 15. But when we go back to when Andrew first started talking about tongues, um, 
I uh, didn't pull up the, the page, but he brought out that it's for refreshing and a rest. Yes. You know, uh, we can get hung up on a lot of different things. We can get hung up on different people's versions of, say, baptism. Uh, we can get hung up on denominations, uh, different things. And uh, tongues is one manifestation of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It is a spiritual language, uh, like Dave and Andrew were sharing, which either a, a tongue, a known tongue of of uh, a man's language, or an angelic tongue that only God knows. <coughs> it's, it's a spirit spiritual language, um, but. The, the, the point being is not to confuse people or to be like, oh, you have to speak in tongues or you, you don't have to or no, it's of the devil. First of all, uh, I have never heard, and I heard another uh, preacher recently say this, they have never heard someone who is not a spirit-filled believer speak in tongues. It is not from the devil. You can read the Bible and see in Acts and different places, even prophecy in the Old Testament, that it is from God, that God himself poured out his spirit on us, and one of the manifestations is speaking in tongues. There's other things, uh, dreams and visions. Um, Dave actually went over uh, some things in um, uh, this last sending, his message, Boldness is a manifestation of the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, look at Peter. He stood up and preached and uh, before his tongue got him in trouble. But after being baptized in the Holy Spirit, he, he just stepped up and preached and 3,000 souls were saved. You know, the, don't get caught up that it's the only thing that shows that someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit. But it is one manifestation and it is a gift of God to us you know when we don't know how to pray or we just our heart is so overwhelmed and we want to praise God and we just can't get the the words out uh, you know praying praying in tongues helps us with that it helps us to to pray when we don't know how to pray um, it helps us to worship God when our heart is just overflowing with just thankfulness and love towards God who who first loved us and sent his own son to the cross uh, to die for us you know it's it's a beautiful thing um, and when we when we speak in tongues in this interpretation it, you know Dave mentioned that it's something that God wants to reveal to us to to maybe it's for someone in the uh, in the congregation or when you're praying for someone and they, they need a, a word or encouragement to God about something they're going through, it is God speaking to them and the interpretation helps them understand what it is that God's revealing and it, and it can be a beautiful thing. Um, but what God did not intend for tongues is there to be confusion. That's why Paul was talking to the, the church about doing everything and decently in order. Um, and what I love about Acts uh, chapter 2 that Dave shared, that all these different tongues, all of these people had one testimony, that these tongues, that the interpretation that they heard, were, was all magnifying God and his wonderful works. And I, you know, that also tells me, if tongues is of the devil, why is the tongue magnifying God, telling the wonderful works of God? That doesn't that doesn't compute in my book. The devil's not going to be going around teaching people in other, another language the wonderful works of God. That doesn't sound like the devil to me. Uh, you know, he's not going to be doing that because the devil wants all the worship done to him. <laughs> and so that was uh, that, that's where his downfall was. That is, and so uh, you know that's that's the beauty of it. So, uh, you might not know exactly what you're saying, but your tongue is speaking the wonderful works of God. And I'm going to be bringing out some of that more this next Sunday. I keep referring to this Sunday because I, I got my notes ready. I'm, I'm arsened up. It might even take me two Sundays to go through all my notes that I have. But I, uh, you know, uh, I just got some good stuff this Sunday. So, uh, if you can't w watch us live, you can 
like I said, it will be archived. I'll be talking a lot about tongues and interpretation. You know, and prophecy is another one, you know, because Paul in First Corinthians spent the whole chapter talking about tongues, but he also talks about prophecy. Whereas tongues is, is speaking in an unknown tongue by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, prophecy is speaking in a known tongue by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So it's interpretation. And so, um, you know, Paul says in a public setting, it's better that you prophesy. Uh, in, 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 a, in your private setting, because it's your spirit praying to God. It's a private conversation between you and God. Uh, it's, 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 it's good that you pray in tongues. And Paul says, I pray more than you all. And yet, Paul doesn't, didn't encourage praying in tongues in the public setting. Now, it's not like taboo if someone overhears you. Uh, I know a lot of pastors who will pray in tongues and they're in worship. I know a lot of pastors, not only that, ministers, people who will pray uh, kind of a little under their breath in tongues during the worship service. That's okay. You know, if they if they elevate their voice to, to draw attention to themselves and whatnot, that's when it becomes out of line. Nothing we do should be drawing attention to ourselves. That that that's 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 uh, that's not the purpose of it. But it, it's okay to you know. It's like you know, if I'm having a, a conversation with Sherry in a, in a room of people while we're socializing and different things, you know, if you're eavesdropping, then you just jumped into our conversation. And that, in some ways, that could be rude. Uh, but you know, I'm having a private conversation with God, not to draw attention, but just as we're worshiping God, I'm just, you know, saying a few syllables or sentences and, and to God, God, can I'm worshiping God? I'm worshiping, yes, corporately together, but I'm also worshiping God. I'm not worshiping you. I'm not even talking to you. I'm talking to God. And so, so, but you know, if I go on the platform and I'm speaking to the audience in a tongue, just like a pastor would or any type of speaker would in a, in a public setting, then we need our interpretation. Because if I go on a, on a platform and speak in a, in a Spanish church in, a, uh, in English, and there should be an interpreter on that platform so the people can benefit what I just said. It will do no good. It will, it will be just a waste of time. It will be, as Paul says, we're just speaking into the air. If uh, if there's not an interpretation, it, it has no value for me to go down to Mexico preaching a church and and there's not an interpreter because I can't speak Spanish. That, that would be that would that would just be rude. That would just be, be inappropriate. And so uh, you know, it's we need an interpretation so people can be edified. And you know, and so and, and we should be praying for that we can interpret. You know, Sherry flows very fluently through interpretation. But she doesn't always have the interpretation. I can't say she's gonna ha- she's gonna have it all the time because she doesn't have it all the time. Does that mean the tongue wasn't legit? Not necessarily, um, well, you know. And so I can't judge it by that. Uh, but uh, at the same point in time, uh, you know, uh, I, I if I give a tongue and she doesn't interpret, I should be I should be praying for the interpretation. And you know, there have been many times where uh, I didn't I. I didn't even know I had an interpretation, but she began to share the interpretation, or someone else began to share the interpretation. Maybe I didn't even get the tongue, someone else gave the tongue. Uh, whether I gave the tongue, someone else gave the tongue. And I, you know, uh, she or someone else gave an interpretation, and why they were giving it, you know, I was like, you know what? That thought came to my mind too. I just didn't share it. I just didn't recognize that was the interpretation. So there's been many times I've gotten an interpretation, I just didn't know it. And so, uh, you know, I, She's she's recognized the interpretation. Many of us, I think, sometimes would would get the interpretation, but we might not have recognized that's interp- that's the interpretation. And I, I, that's just been pretty awesome. And that's actually been a teaching thing for me. To you know what? All of this is by faith. I mean, tongues. Everything is done by faith. That we're God said we can speak in tongues. And I'm going to talk about some of that this Sunday as well. So this is all done by faith. Faith, you know, and uh, we're putting faith in God's word that this is faith and that, that this, this is true and this is of God. And, you know, the, the main thing is to trust the Holy Spirit in all of this. You know, if if you're struggling with still like, I just don't know, I don't get it. I hear you, but I'm not understanding. Study it out for yourself. You know, the Holy Spirit is faithful. If you if you choose not to or you don't want to or you're not speaking in tongues that doesn't mean you're not saved and it doesn't mean you're less saved it doesn't mean you're less spiritual or less right someone who's speaking tongues is not more spiritual than someone who does that 
anyone teaches that is wrong. It, it, it's, but it is a benefit. It is something that the Holy Spirit has given us. And if you're just like, hey, I want to be able to, you know, the Holy Spirit is faithful. Jesus said we only had to ask once and it would be given to us. Uh, there's other verses that talk about God being a good father who only gives good gifts. There's a verse in James that, that we all know about God being the father of lights who only gives good gifts. But but the main thing is ask. Ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal this to you, and he will. He is so faithful. If you're struggling with not, maybe you're speaking tongues and you don't understand the interpretation part of it, ask. He is so faithful. He will teach you. And, you know, I really encourage you, if you, you don't have this book already, by Andrew, you know, get it. He has so many verses in here that you can study it out for yourself. And um, it, it's just it's just a good thing. God's not going to look down at you if you're struggling with this. You know, I grew up in a church who we taught about the Holy Spirit. I read the Bible and saw the Holy Spirit all through the Bible. Uh, I read all the verses about speaking in tongues, but my church, for whatever reason, and granted I was a, a kid, you know, up through 25, um, so I don't know if it was, you know, my interpretation of what I was hearing, but we, I never heard anyone speak in tongues. Yet, because my church taught about it, even though they didn't actually speak in tongues, um, that when I met Dave and I was introduced to a church that spoke in tongues, it didn't scare me one bit. It was like a natural thing. What I had a hard time with in my personal experience was because I had never been exposed or taught how to release uh, the, the, Holy, the speaking in tongues, that part was confusing for me. Uh, but soon I... Uh, we had good teachers who taught something that it just resounded in my heart and was from the Holy Spirit and I was able to learn that way. So don't get down on yourself if you don't understand it, but the Holy Spirit is faithful to teach you and show you all truth. All right, let's read some more. Uh, light in my closet. Learning to believe God for interpretation turned my life around. When I first prayed in tongues after being baptized in the Holy Spirit, I remember hearing God speak to me in my heart as revelation knowledge began to flow. However, when I started sharing what God had shown me in His Word, people criticized and informed me I was wrong because they had never heard these truths before. Feeling isolated and alone, I really struggled with what others were telling me and what I was hearing in my heart. In the midst of all this, I just kept seeking the Lord. For six months, I meditated on God's Word all day long. As I wrote out hundreds of scriptures daily, I'd focus my attention on each individual word and phrase. After meditating this for eight to ten hours, God's Word exploded with meaning in my heart, but my mind struggled to understand. So I'd shut myself in my closet to pray in the Spirit for another hour or two. Sitting there underneath my clothes... Sit, that just sounds funny. Uh, I'd ask God to interpret to my natural understanding what I had been studying. Then I'd pray in tongues for the purpose of personal edification. At the end of that season, my trickle of revelation knowledge suddenly burst forth into a mighty rushing river. In fact, I received so much so fast that I finally told God I couldn't handle anymore. It was just more than I could retain. Much of what I am teaching today, decades later, came as a result of what I learned at that time. I simply prayed in tongues and believed to interpret. Yeah, that's awesome, you know. And we can all do this. We can all, we can all. I mean, this this should this, this should be a lifestyle, you know. And uh, uh, I'm doing that, you know. I was listening to Dwayne Sheriff this week, you know, and. Uh, uh, and he says the same thing. He, he believes that some of those messages that he preaches are just simply the interpretation of what he's been praying in tongues all week long, you know. And uh, some people might not agree with that, but you know that that that's that's their, their opinion, uh, you know. But it's just uh, uh, it's, it's powerful. And uh, 
Uh, you know, I believe a lot of the revelations Paul got were actually a result of, uh, of a lot of this, too. You know, uh, when Saul was converted, when he uh, Ananias ministered to him, he received the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't start his ministry till he received the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's just a... Uh, uh, it's just so powerful. Peter uh, and the apostles, uh, who were timid, uh, bled at, at when Jesus was arrested and different things. Uh, they were now bold and began on different things. And so, uh, you know, I, you know, when uh, in Acts chapter six, when they had the, uh, they called the seven. Now, one of the requirements of the seven of the deacons was to, to be uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, you know, uh, I it it would be hard for me to follow, follow ministers not hearing from God, who's not hearing from the the Holy Spirit, and not functioning through the Holy Spirit. I'm not putting them down, and you know, I, like I said a minute ago, and Andrew will teach us, Twain Sheriff, other people will teach us. Just if you're not, you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're not less spiritual, you're not less a Christian. You 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 uh, you don't have to have the Holy Spirit. You don't have to speak in tongues, and you will will teach jokingly, and even Dwayne Sheriff will teach jokingly. Uh, you might get there faster to heaven uh, if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. But you know, uh, but who doesn't want all that God has for us? Who doesn't want to operate all that God has for us? And, you know, uh, we can get so much revelation if we would just, I mean, just even just what Andrew did here, you know, uh, praying and waiting for the interpretation. We would get so much revelation. I mean, we have, I mean, another thing I'll bring out Sunday is that, you know, our, in our spirit, our, our spirit man already knows all things. The Bible teaches that. We have the mind of Christ. It already knows all things. Uh, and there's just so much, and it's that spirit that's praying when we're praying. We're praying perfect prayers, and I'll bring that out a lot more Sunday. I don't, I don't have, I'm not prepared to teach on all that right now. Um, anything else, my dear? And just you know, you know, Anna brings out a, a great point. There's a lot of things in God's Word that some of us sometimes we read it and we're just like, I just am not quite getting it. I just don't understand this. There's you know confusing stuff in the Bible. Um, but, you know, using Andrew's example, if you don't understand what the, the Bible is saying in plain English or whatever language your Bible is written in, you know, if when you when you pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues, and God will show you and reveal, the Holy Spirit will reveal what it is that God's actually trying to communicate in His Word. And it's just a beautiful thing. All right, let's go ahead and read some more. I want to see if we can hopefully finish this chapter today. Uh, gain understanding. All you need to interpret tongues for personal edification is to gain understanding. When you're praying by yourself, you don't have to stop and get an interpretation in English. This method, praying out loud in tongues, then waiting until the English interpretation is given, works well in public. But it's not the only way to receive interpretation. You just need your mind to become fruitful. God encouraged me through an experience that happened while I was still quite new at this. Since I had been taught against tongues so strongly, I still wrestled with doubts about whether all my praying in the Spirit was really beneficial or not. After spending two hours speaking in tongues one morning, someone whom I haven't seen in four years showed up at my house. He knocked on the door, rushed in without greeting me, plopped down on my couch, and burst into tears. My first thought was, I should have been praying in English instead of wasting all morning praying in tongues. Then it dawned on me, how would I have known to pray for this guy unless I had been praying in tongues? My spirit had been praying perfectly. All of a sudden, faith rose up inside as I stopped him mid-sentence, inter interrupting his blubbering attempt to explain the situation. By revelation knowledge, I finished describing the rest of his problem and nailed it. This supernatural demonstration of God's power and love totally set him free. Through this, the Lord confirmed to me that I'd been praying in tongues for this situation earlier, and all I had to do was interpret. What I spoke to this man was the interpretation. You know, there's a lot I can share. I mean, there's, there was, there's a story I could share. I don't have time to share it right now, but in 1988, we had an event back in high school where... Uh, Long story short, I began to pray in tongues. I was praying for the service that was happening in the main auditorium. 
And uh, with this group, the group I was with, they were all believed in uh, speaking in tongues, but uh, none of us have done that yet. And I've just been filled with the Holy Spirit recently at my own church. And I was just praying for the, the event. I really want to see God move this weekend on the other kids and whatnot and my peers. And uh, I began to just burst out and pray in tongues. There was only a few people left in the prayer room before the meeting, and I normally went down. I felt really led by the Holy Spirit to do so. It was a beautiful story. But anyway, while we were praying, we actually didn't, I thought it was just a, a little while, but we were actually praying for hours. And uh, this one, uh, uh, one, of my, one of my peers, I didn't know him, he's from another another. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where he's from, but he just came bursting into the the room we were praying, and uh, he apparently he had run away. He was running away, and we were at a, a winter's retreat, uh, and he was running away, and uh, uh, he came bursting into the room we were praying, not the main auditorium, but the, where everyone else was at, but in the room we were praying. And he just he just fell down on his knees and said, "What do I need to do to get saved?" And we just ministered to him. He. He let, we let him to the Lord, and we encouraged him to go back to the main auditorium while we continued to pray for the service. But it was I, I, there was a lot more to it than that, but I'm just trying to give a short version of this. But, you know, we were praying in the Spirit. I was praying in the Spirit and uh, when this happened. You know, then I began to pray in English. We were all praying in English, too, and then it, it was all just tongues. But it was an awesome, awesome power. Actually, the whole camp came forward that night. Uh, yeah, the whole camp came forward, and our, the room we were in was supposed to be the overflow room for people to receive Jesus and, and other things and get ministered to. The whole camp came that night. I mean, it was so powerful. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it just it just revolutionized a lot of our lives. And uh, um, I mean, I, I was praying so intensely that night. For almost three hours straight, I wasn't. Tr- you know, I didn't plan all this, but I even lost my voice for the next eleven days. <laughs> you know, I just uh, it was one of the radi- one of the most radical times I had, and uh, uh, but I just uh, uh, the beauty of it wasn't. Uh, I wasn't doing it for sure. I wasn't doing an auditorium. I was just doing it with a. F- it was only four guys in the room. Uh, Vince, Vince Guerrero, Boaz Manerlin, and. Uh, 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 I uh, can't think of his name right now. I don't know why I'm not thinking of his name. Mark, uh, Mark, Mark what? Bornstein. Bornstein was, uh, he was the main one I was praying with. Anyway, and while I was praying at times, he was seeing a vision uh, of this gate at this river trying to break through, and uh, it finally burst it through. And uh, so uh, it was just a very powerful night. But Boaz and uh, Vince were just going back and forth between our prayer room and the main auditorium. Everything I was praying in English, the speaker was speaking from the pulpit. It was just awesome. So uh, it was just, uh, uh, I never had another time. Actually, I had one other time similar to that in East LA. Uh, um, but anyway, um, a couple, of, I think about a year later. Um, but it was all spontaneous. It wasn't, no, that was planned. And I didn't, at the time, I didn't, like, I didn't even know if I was doing the right thing. But it was, the fruit was awesome. And it wasn't just me. Other people were involved, too, in other ways. So It's just really neat because a lot of things in our Christian faith are a lot of the unseen. You know, all of us today weren't there when Jesus passed away, or when he passed away, when he was crucified on the cross. We weren't there. We weren't there when he was raised from the dead. We, wasn't, we weren't there, um, you know, when, when God created the heavens and the earth. And so we, we can't see our sins be forgiven. But tongues is a manifestation that we can physically hear uh, that is not something just by faith. No, it's by faith that we know that it's from God, that it's magnifying God, that it's speaking to God spirit to spirit. Uh, So yes, there's that, unless we have an interpretation. But a lot of our faith is unseen and something unseen. You know, by faith, Abraham believed. He didn't see the promise. Isaac wasn't born yet, but he believed. God spoke to him and said, you will have a son. And so Abraham believed. And he was, you know, well advanced in age before he actually saw his son Isaac being born. And, you know, a lot of our faith, um, you know, we walk by faith, not by sight type thing. Sometimes it's nice to have something physical, a physical evidence uh, of our faith. 
It's awesome, awesome. I'm not trying to cut it short, but I am just trying to wrap this up so we can get to our next book soon. Uh, so let's finish out this chapter, Sherry, and then we'll wrap it up tonight, and then we'll do the last chapter next week. When you pray in tongues, your mind can be occupied with something else. Since your spirit's praying and not your brain, your mind can wander. You can even think about things totally unrelated to God. That's why some people like to read the Word, enjoy godly music, or listen to Bible teaching while they pray in tongues. Others pray in the Spirit while working, driving, or doing household chores. Personally, I've trained myself to pray with my understanding while praying in tongues. When I when I'd pray in the Spirit over longer periods of time, people whom I hadn't thought of in years would come to mind. At first, I just dismissed it, but when they'd suddenly call, send a letter, or even show up at my house like this, that fellow did, I began realizing that God was giving me interpretations. They weren't always word for word, but also came as, as impressions, pictures, and unctions. As I recognized the Lord bringing these people to mind, I start praying for them. Then I'd follow through and see miracles happen every time. God led me to call a good friend of mine one time after praying in tongues. We'd been out of touch with each other for several years. He answered the phone and immediately hung up on me. His reaction seemed strange since I knew God had prompted me to call. While sitting at my desk pondering this, the phone rang. Sure enough, it was my friend. He explained that he had just told God how he had spent his entire life ministering to others, but now that he was in need, nobody was ministering to him. My friend had barely finished praying, God, please some send somebody to encourage me or I'm going to quit the ministry when the phone rang and there I was. He was so startled he hung up the receiver. This whole incident resulted from interpreting a tongue. You can do this while praying for people when you need wisdom for a challenging situation or simply to understand a particular scripture. Just take the person, situation, or passage and begin praying in tongues over it. As you're praying, ask the Lord to show you what it means. Although understanding may not always come at that exact moment, God will give you an interpretation. My friend prays in tongues over church services he's going to minister in. He prefers to receive the interpretation right away so he'll know in advance what God wants to do, who's going to be healed of what, etc. Personally, I don't always like to receive the interpretation right away. If God supernaturally told me what was going to happen at a church service a week away, my mind would try to analyze the situation and figure it all out in the meantime. I pray in tongues often without receiving anything from the Lord at that moment. However, when I need it a week or a month later, I'll ask God for the interpretation of what I've been praying in tongues. At that point, I receive exactly what I need from the Holy Spirit. As you step out in faith to pray in tongues and believe God for the interpretation, you'll receive exactly what you need from the Holy Spirit too. That is awesome. I mean, if you're listening and uh, hearing what Andrew's saying, and you know, he he walks in this more consistently than I do. Uh, uh, Dwayne Sheriff, like I said, I listened to him this week. Uh, he he does the same thing uh, in his own way. Yeah, you know, it's not like there's a formula, but we have so much at our disposal, folks. We we can we uh, we can there's wisdom. I mean, I have used this. Uh, I need to walk in it more. Uh, but I have to, I've done this with accounting. <laughs> I can't figure, for some reason it's not balancing. I can't figure out where the where the where the issue is. And uh, you know, I, I sometimes I prayed in the spirit and and and, and with just with the minutes, you know, I I figure out what the problem was. You know, and uh, it might have been something I've been looking forward and backwards, but all of a sudden it just it just uh, you know was revealed to me. So there's there's just so many different ways we can do this. We we, we found keys, we found phones, we. God's put people on our hearts. People have called us. Uh, uh, different things have happened. We just need to, we, we, we can walk in this more consistently, more faithfully. You know, there are just ways uh, that God, it, this is a tool. It's awesome. And we, I mean, I don't know about you, but I believe God's word. And I believe God has given us many gifts, many tools. He's given us uh, the Holy Spirit. It's, you know, I want to be careful how I say this. We can tr don't put your faith in the gifts. Don't put your faith in the tongues. Don't put your faith in the interpretation. Put your faith in the Holy Spirit. Put your faith in God. He's given us tools to use. 
But don't magnify the tool. Use the tool. But magnify the tool giver. It's the gift of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. From, from that, even from that aspect. Magnify the Spirit. Have a relationship with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Uh, don't magnify the tool. You know, uh, don't magnify, you know, I believe in going to church, but don't magnify going to church versus having a relationship with God and His body. You know, but there's so many things that we can do the right thing, but we can get it out of context. We can get it, we can be off a little bit. You know, um, you know, we, we, you know, I think, you know, if we, if, if you, if you have a good pastor or minister or maybe there's a group of ministers, you just really esteem. It's okay to esteem them. It's okay to, 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 uh, admire them and, and, ch- and cherish them, but don't worship them. Don't make them the object of your faith. Uh, you, you know, there's other ways I can paint this picture. You know, I like Karis Bible College and other things, but, it can't become an idol to me. Uh, I, I, you know, there's other, there's other ministers I just really appreciate, and I, I value Andrew's one of them. But I, you know, I, uh, there was even a time where I put Andrew on the shelf, not because I was angry at Andrew or I disagree with Andrew, but I noticed that when I first was introduced to Andrew after reading this book and uh, Joseph Prince, that when I got began to get some new revelations I hadn't thought about before, I was quoting Andrew and Joseph Prince everywhere. That wasn't so good. Not that they're wrong. It's not that it's wrong to quote somebody, but I wanted to quote the Word of God. Not not well. Andrew said so and so. No, that that only goes so far. I want to say the Word of God says so and so, and and so I, I put them on a shelf for a season to get back. And I was studying some of the the verses and scriptures that they gave me uh, through their teachings, and I began to study the Word of God. And I began to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, you teach me. I want to get grounded in the Word. I want to be able to quote Scripture, not Andrew. And that doesn't mean I don't still quote Andrew from time to time or or some of these different speakers. But I want to. But the most dominant thing I'm quoting is the Word of God, not a man, not a person. Um, you know. But there's different tools that can help us understand things. And and there's certain situations I don't know what to do. You know. Uh, but praying in the spirit and getting interpretation is one of the ways that uh, this, these things can, can operate. And, you know, Dave said something uh, just a bit ago about uh, not putting our, our faith in the gift or not idolizing the, the gift. And he, he actually has an illustration that he's done, uh, usually more on Sunday mornings. Um, but he, he has a... a, a a sheriff's badge that he kept from childhood on um, and he had a little water pistol and he usually uses that uh, illustration to show the the authority that that we have and the tools that we have and it's like a uh, police officer being deputized you know they they have a badge they have the gun they have all the tools of the trade but it's not the tools that give them the authority. It's the authority behind it. The, the authority that has said, hey, I deputize you. You go out and keep the law. It's what's behind them. And, and that's kind of like what God has done in this sense. The Holy Spirit has said... <coughs> Hey, look, I have deputized you. I have authorized you to go out in my authority to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to preach the gospel. And speaking in tongues or any of these other gifts are the tools that God has given us to use with the authority that he's given us. To bring the gospel to the nations, you know, in Acts chapter one, before the Pentecost, Jesus spent between between the cross and his ascension. Jesus spent forty days talking about the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God, Paul says in Romans fourteen, is uh, righteous joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. But he spent forty days talking about the kingdom of God, and we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear Son. 
we are the kingdom of, he told the, 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 the 12, and he told the 70, go preach that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is not there. The kingdom of God is not there. The kingdom of God is within us. It's to my Father's pleasure, he says in Luke, that to give, that, that my, it's to my Father's pleasure to give you the keys of the kingdom. Roman, and Revelation chapter 5 says, we have been redeemed by his blood to be kings and priests to reign in this earth. And when there's a kingdom, there are rules and there are laws of how that kingdom is governed. And God, and some of these things, some of these tools, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, and the list goes on, miracles, uh, healings, different things, and the list goes on, are some of the tools of how the kingdom of God operates. Jesus spent 40 days before he gave us the Holy Spirit and all these gifts teaching about the kingdom of God. To me, they go hand in hand. And it's, how, it's how the kingdom of God operates. Don't worship the tool, but use the tool to operate in God's kingdom. We are in a spiritual kingdom. And we don't, we don't, uh, there's a verse in, I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verses 4 and 5, and it talks about how, you know, um, the weapons of our warfare are, are, are spiritual. You know, uh, it also talks about this in Ephesians chapter 6, you know, but, uh, we, we, we are in a spiritual battle, and we're gonna use spiritual weapons, you know. Um, but we are on the offense, not so much the defense, even though there's some things that we need to, to guard our hearts and our minds and, and the, the shield of faith and whatnot and different things of that matter. So, But my point is, and, and I'm just trying to reemphasize this, what Sherry piggyback on what I said, you know, don't get so focused, don't neglect these gifts. Paul, I'm going to bring out some things Sunday, but just because Paul brings some correction He's not telling them to restrain themselves from operating the gifts. There's a difference between being corrected how they use the tool correctly versus saying you are forbidden to use the tool at all. You know, uh, certain jobs, certain occupations, you need to learn how to use that, that tool correctly if you're going to operate it. You have to go to driver's training before you can drive that multi-ton car all over the place. You know, cause that, that, you can kill somebody with that car if you don't know how to drive it properly. Not alone, you know, you have to learn how to use some things before you, you can just go out there and do it. And so, you know, some of these things, including tongues, you can, you can bring such confusion to people that they never want to come to church and want anything else to do with God ever again because so, something was done goofy. Your intent might have been pure. Your your motive might have been pure, but it was it was just it, you didn't were using the tool right in the public setting, and and so my point is there might be some correction of how to do it, but that doesn't mean we are not allowed to use the tool. Just learn how to use the tool, and didn't use it. And Paul says, "I speak in tongues more than you all," but he 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 was also bringing correction to a tongue talking church of when and when not to do speaking tongues. And, and how, how he should speak in tongues. It wasn't that they were tongues was wrong. It's just they need to be corrected so they do it right. So it would be a blessing to everybody. So everyone would be a benefit. You know, we, we had gone to, we had visited a church a while ago. Someone had invited us to a special, uh, I forget if it was a midweek Bible study or, or what it was. And uh, David and I had gone and uh, we walked away like, we were at a church service, right? Because the the church highly promoted prophecy, and there's nothing wrong with prophecy. It is a God given thing, and we we totally agree with it. But there was not one word spoken about Jesus. There was not one word spoken about the gospel. The Bible was uh, never opened. The Bible was never opened, and and we walked away confused because. How can prophecy be elevated over the Word of God, over Jesus and what Jesus did for us? We wouldn't have the gift of prophecy if it wasn't for Jesus. It is a gift. And so we said to ourselves, we don't want to go to a church that doesn't preach Jesus and doesn't open up the Word of God. And, you know, that's just an example of 
you know, you, elevating the gift over uh, the gospel, you know, Paul himself says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the, the, power of, the power of God for salvation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to make sure I quote that, that right. Um, but it all goes back to, to the cross. It all goes back to the, the, the resurrection. It all goes back on what Jesus did for us. Jesus himself chose to go die a gruesome death for us so that we would have right relationship with God so that we could be with him and God and the Holy Spirit and have that relationship. It's good. It's good stuff if you're listening. I mean, it just, uh, uh, there's, there's so much we have at our disposal, church. It's like we are, we have all the arsenals at our disposal, all the, this wisdom, all this knowledge. We have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, our teacher, our helper, our counselor with us 24-7. And we can get so much wisdom, so much revelation and operate. And this is just talking about tongues and interpretation. We haven't talked about faith and miracles and other things. It can work the same way. It, it can work in a very similar fashion. And so, uh, you know, Jesus didn't do anything he didn't hear the Father do. And we can get direction and know what to do, what to say, and how to say it, and who to say it to. We can, we, we can know that we know that we know that we know where we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to be doing, what we're supposed to be saying uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And be fruitful and be effective in doing so by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, <clears throat> now don't don't get me wrong. You can some some places you can use the gifts. You can operate in the gifts. You can speak the gospel, and sometimes you will get no results. Why? Because people have a choice. There were some there were some communities even Jesus could not minister because of unbelief. So don't 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 take it wrong. You know, even when uh, Paul went to Philippi, uh, you know he he he. Uh, I think it was Philippi. <coughs> He wanted to go down to Asia. He wanted to go to another place that the Spirit forbid him. He finally went, I think it was Philippi. And he only got one servant girl saved. <coughs> and then he got flogged and uh, thrown in the jail. You know, he got put in the deepest part of the jun- dungeon. And I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, Lord, I didn't even want to be here. I wanted to go to Asia. I wanted to go there, but your Spirit wouldn't let me. You told me, you gave me a dream and a vision to come here. I get one convert. I get. I gotta. I gotta have a revival in Asia, but here I am. Uh, and 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 uh, I get one convert. And I get thrown in the darkest part of the, the jail, and then, but that's not Paul's attitude. He began to. Paul and Silas began to worship God. The, the jail began to shake. There was an earthquake, and the jailer. He was able to lead the jailer and the whole household to Jesus that night. You know, and uh, you know, um, sometimes it, it might not always. You can't judge your. When you are walking in the Spirit, like we're trying to describe, at least one aspect of walking in the Spirit that we're describing tonight, you know, you don't have to judge your life and your journey and situations by your circumstances. You can know that you know you're doing what God called you to do despite what happens. All hell can break loose, but you know that you're doing what God's called you to do. You could even be martyred and you're still doing what God's called you to be doing. I'm not trying to promote something necessarily, but I'm just I'm trying to promote walk in the spirit. Have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Use these things. Use them wisely. Use them the way they're <coughs> God intended them to be used. You know, there's sometimes where the Holy Spirit just told me to shut up. <laughs> he said it more politely than that. But he just told me to be quiet because I mean, you know, we can make there's sometimes that we just need to be quiet and let the Holy Spirit do do his job. And it's just sometimes the Holy Spirit tells me to be quiet. Keep your mouth shut. You know, say nothing. And I felt like I'm doing nothing, but the Holy Spirit, I'm just doing what the Holy Spirit told me to do. Be quiet. And uh, he's got this. You know, sometimes I'm like Peter. I want to get my sword out and help. But uh, he just tell me, you know. Um, I think it, anyway, uh, I, I, I can't get on a rabbit trail here. Anything else? No, um, I just, the, the kingdom of God, this is so silly. As a child, uh, we lived in Northern California, and one of the, 
one of our treats, we didn't get to do this a lot. Um, I came from a family with six kids. Uh, one of our, our treats was to go to a buffet called King's Table. And as a child, I mean, you just saw all these different kinds of food just stretched out before you. <coughs> but what just got our attention was the dessert table because it had shelves and just all of these, I don't know how many desserts as a child, it probably looks like thousands. Maybe as an adult, it was only like 20, but you know, our eyes would get really big and we're like, wow. Um, and we almost didn't know where to start, but you know, God's kingdom has everything. It's not just like here, have some cheese and crackers and you know, you're good to go. It's whatever, whatever's beneficial, whatever's good, whatever's delicious. It's, you know, the kingdom of God, righteousness, joy, and peace. We have this table spread before us in the presence of our enemies. Do you just want to take an appetizer and you're good? Or do you want to partake of everything that God has prepared for you? Well, we're out of time for tonight. We have one more chapter left. So we're going to be in this book one more, at least one more week. Unless we, unless we don't finish next week. We're not in the race, so we're not trying to race here. And then once we're done with this book, we're going to begin a new book called Believer's Authority. But we're, So we'll be back here next week. Uh, I've been talking a lot about Sunday morning. So this Sunday morning, we'll, we'll be live streaming at 11.15 a.m. All of our messages uh, on Sunday, as, as well as all of our Bible studies, are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And so feel free to, to listen to them all if you want. But uh, and, and Sunday's message will be archived there as well if you, uh, if, uh, if you have another church that you attend uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, be where God's called you to be. Okay? Uh, but at the same point in time, uh, I'm going to be talking a lot. I feel like God's given me a lot of stuff to share this next Sunday. I don't know if I'll get it into one week. It might be into two more weeks on this. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm excited about it. Uh, I've never taught this before, and I'm just excited about And I'll be, uh, uh, anyway, you're just going to have to wait for Sunday. At 11.50 a.m. is when we start live streaming. Anyways, we have our Bible study also next Sunday night uh, on Effortless Change. Same author, uh, Effortless Change on Sunday night. All right, Lord, we just worship you. We magnify you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gift of tongues. We thank you that we have a prayer language. And we can talk from our spirit to your spirit. We worship you. We magnify you. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. God bless America.